ready to speak geek. People who get it, get it. This is the Geek Speak Show. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching with your ears. Oh, you just listen. This is the Geek Speak Show. Featuring Henry San Miguel, Rachel Rosselli, and Joel Chapitana. And interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. Hey, this is Todd McFarland. I'm Ralph Bakshi. Hi, this is Tara Platt. And this is Yuri Lowenthal. I'm Zach Whedon. Let's be geek with Henry, Rachel, and Joe. 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 Where's Rachel? She is actually funny. You mentioned that she's actually. She sounds really manly today. <laughs> she's in the desert. No, she's in the desert. She's taking pictures of those twin sons, and she is visiting the twins. Oh, what? Not really. She is. We'll tell you what that is uh, in a future episode. So, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Another exciting episode. We hope we're gonna talk to one of the heroes of cosplay in a few minutes. We're gonna talk to. My time of year is gonna kick off this Friday here. Yes. In uh, in Santa Clara, actually not San Francisco. Mm. California's Great America has Halloween Hunt. So we'll talk about that. Mm. Yes, I'm ready for that. <laughs> nice. And we're going to kick it off, like always, talking about TV. Um, Sleepy Hollow, again, second episode came on Monday. Who watched it, first of all? I did. I watched it. Yeah, Pacing Pete's here, by the way. He's sitting there for Rachel Hello. today. <laughs> so stop pacing. That's the <laughs> microphone's in front of you there. Let's he talk about pacing it. around. So let's talk Sleepy Hollow. Yes, spoilers. Spoilers, we will talk spoilers. So, well, I'll, be, I'll, I'll let you go first. What do you think of the second episode? I, I actually enjoyed it probably more than the first one. Uh, and maybe part of that is because I'm not a big fan of Orlando Jones on the show. I think his character's kind Orlando of like... Orlando Jones is in that Yeah, show? he plays this kind of like tough guy. The seven captain. up guy? <laughs> yeah, basically. And it's in like, you know, a suit. And it's just, he's kind of annoying, you know, but he's that stereotypical character in a show like this where he does everything by the book and it's got to be this and that and whatever. And then you got our main characters who are neck deep in what's well, going on. Well, he's no Sasha Roy. He's, huh, yeah, compared to a show that's kind of like it. There you go. But yeah, go ahead. But, um, but... You know, it, I just think it was much better the second round, the second time around here. It, it expands on the whole four horsemen thing, which I think is a really cool take on the Sleepy Hollow mytho. Because you know, usually oh, it's just what? yeah, it's it's not just you know in the original in the, in the old story, it's just confined to just the, yeah. the town, and then Ichabod Crane the, horseman the horseman is one of the, yeah. the he's horseman one, is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and I thought that's I just really lost my really head. cool. Yeah, it's 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 pretty sweet, and having witches now, and it just kind of opens it up to more thing, which I think is really really cool. Here's the thing, because from what I see, it's gonna it looks like it's gonna turn into a monster of the week kind of thing. X Files, which okay, you know we had that with Fringe, we had we kind of have that now with Grimm, and then mm-hmm. though there's a overarching overarching story there, uh, it's just okay. But the problem with that is on a show called Sleepy Hollow, how can you not have how can you not focus on yeah. the Horseman? Where's the sleepy? Well, it seems like it's all connected, kind of. Yeah, I mean, Hello. the the Ichabod Crane's wife, who was a witch, you know, kind of filled him in on, you know, this is why we buried you, and yes, I am a witch, and oh, there's other witches coming coming for you that are connected to the Four Horsemen. So yeah, I thought it kind of all went together, and and it does kind of seem like a, a monster of the week type thing, but at least it's kind of tying into the main story. It's not just kind of going on its own thing. Keep well, the show or dump yeah, it. I mean, it's, it's no, <laughs> it's keep, not too keep bad. it. It's a good show. Yeah, I think it it's is. Good. Uh, I think it's gonna get funny. Uh, one thing I do like about it, the 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 tone it takes is it doesn't take itself too seriously. Uh, it knows what it yeah, is, yeah. and it is. It is what it is. Ooh, that reminds me of another show. 
Yes, one that we've been talking about uh-huh. here. Um, Got to say, I, I teased it last week. Jeff Loeb said he was going to come on and talk about it. He can't because he's actually planning a few e- future episodes, and ah. that is Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. finally Ooh, premiered last night. Awesome. I have level 7 X's because, as you can see from the shirt I'm wearing. I want to be as cool as Henry. Henry. your shirt, man. <laughs> um, no, but, but it, it came out. Um, who should start here, me or who wants to go first? I didn't watch it, but I can start it off. I will say that the show is kind of like X-Files meets... How can he talk about it if he didn't watch it? <laughs> what do you think, Pete? I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I think the end, and I, I think I tweeted about it last night, It I kind of downplayed it. Like, it was good. I thought the end got kind of cheesy. Um, but for the most part, it really held true to what they're doing with the Avengers. And I really like, and I know, I don't know if it was Loeb or Feig or Whedon, one of them in a, in a Q&A press junket said these this show is going to run along the same lines like the the uh, story the world it's all going to go same with continuity yeah the continuity is going to stay it's like with the comics yeah it's all yeah. one universe yeah so they had like the whole extremist thing going i like that on. i like that yeah. yeah and like they were like what's this and so i'm assuming this is just before iron man 3 kicks off Ooh. because they had extremists in iron man 3 so morning no, no 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 can we do spoilers see, now here's can the we, way i saw it okay and you know i watched it i was excited to see it I watched, I watched it again as soon as it was over. The second time, I, I paid attention to all the details. The reason why Extremis was in there is because you, Rachel, and I, and I think uh, Gavin, Hig- Gavin Hignard yes. was on that, that day. We ripped it apart, Iron Man 3, because there was no shield. There was no shield, so that's why they don't know nothing about what they're looking at. Oh, okay. Interesting. Now, from a marketing st- standpoint, it... Is it just coincidence that it came out the same day Iron Man 3 was released on Blu-ray? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but, I mean, good move if it was. No, but, yeah, of course. No, that's a coincidence. That's I think you know, not. Go check it out. It, it, <laughs> you know, it, I, li- I like that. I like that there, there's um, references to the New York fight, the Avengers. Oh, yeah. There was, <laughs> there was a great line in there, you know, from, from Spidey. With great power comes <laughs> a lot of weird crap. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Now, as I, I was on Twitter also while the show was going, and, and that's how I know I was excited about this, is that I don't tweet during shows because I want to give it my full attention. I was actually watching it, and then I was also live tweeting because some of the actors were live tweeting at the same time. Some of them follow, do follow us, and we follow them also. Um, but I noticed from a lot of people saying that they they didn't think, they, like you said, they thought they were it was kind of corny, some of those lines. What it is is we're spoiled. We're used to our DJ delivering those lines. And no offense to any of them, but they're not our DJ. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, it's ABC. Come on. <laughs> no, no, I mean, we're getting it for free. A Marvel I show think, on TV for free. <laughs> I think the way they're setting this up, there's no way there cannot be some cameos from Thor or, or our DJ. That would be so tight. Tom Hiddleston had Somebody come out, toy. I think, and said he's totally open to yeah. being in the show. And I think having Loki on there, I mean, not only would it be awesome for us as fans, but... Awesome for the actors too because they get some money. Oh yeah, but I mean the show. I mean they would ABC would love those kind of ratings. You know. Yeah. I mean oh, that's yeah. just. Well, I haven't I haven't awesome. checked. I don't know if you guys know. I haven't checked the ratings how it did. I'm assuming it did phenomenally well. I, I haven't checked either. Yeah. yeah so I would we'll, assume it's good. We'll check on that. I, I'm sure it did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and also like on demand views also because oh, yeah. I'm gonna watch it on demand. A lot of it, well, go on ABC.com. That's where actually <laughs> is it, it is right is now. Where it is. Um, but the uh, the pacing was perfect. No. Mm-hmm. No uh, pun intended there, <laughs> no pun intended. but the pacing was perfect. It, you know, it, it didn't it had no slow moments at all. There was no there's character development, but while you know car chase or you're fighting or something, that's the character yeah. development, and, and and it's good. I mean, again, I judge things by my son's reaction, by a ten year old's reaction. If he stays glued to the set, it's a good good thing. He good stayed point. glued to the whole thing. 
um, for it, your research. The characters I, yeah. I I like. I liked all of them. The only ones, and I saw a lot of people on 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 the internets saying the same thing. So I know it wasn't just me. Fitz and Simmons, they're kind of annoying. Yeah, and I think it's just because they're like the brainiacs, but they want to make them look geeky at the same time and kind of cool. And I'm not sure it's kind of working. Why are you out so that good way. looking? Why is there so much sexual tension? The only good thing, <laughs> it's Joss Whedon is involved in this. He likes to kill people. So. Yeah, so. <clears throat> Fitz That's and Simmons, coming. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two and exactly. one. So Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. premiered. Fangasm hey, also hey, premiered hey. right before that how's, how's, on sci fi. How's what? Agent Coulson still alive? Can we spoil that? Yeah. Like how? He was in Tahiti. Yeah, he was chilling. What? Drinking, you know. Fury sent it what Fury sent him to Tahiti. Yes. And uh basically they sent him to the hospital, you know, and yeah. then he got better and then they sent him to Tahiti and uh he was chilling out there getting drunk and having a good time. But so and you sur- can tell so he survived Loki's uh Yeah, the- he survived. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, he survived the as a guardian Mussolini. Yeah. yeah. Stabbing <laughs> him with that Ghosting. He got shanked with the uh, but something. It's going to be obviously. It's going to be one of the biggest mysteries in in this show. It's oh, going to yeah. be running through the whole thing. You know, they say it right as soon as he goes. I got to say also, uh, Clark Gregg or whoever wrote came up with this great intro. The Coulson. Oh yeah, that was awesome. You know, he just comes out of the shadows. Here I am. I was like, hey, you know, light bulb was out. Couldn't help myself. It's kind of okay. dark in this. I'm not gonna lie. I saw him and I was just like, hands in the air. Yeah. Yes, it's Coulson. I'm telling you, if you guys, you were at, at Comic Con. I don't know if you got in the panel because it was Coulson. a huge line for it. But I need that T-shirt that that Jeff Lowe was wearing. Coulson lives. Yeah, oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I need to have that to go along with the one I'm wearing right now. So <laughs> we're happy with it. Uh, you know, there's, uh, it's kind of kind of like the Avengers. You know, one little complaint, but. Other than that, like the Avengers, I have nothing to complain about. I was happy. I was smiling through the whole thing, and I watched it a second time. I was smiling even more. Like I said, Fangasm <laughs> premiered right before that on Sci-Fi. That's taking the place of Heroes of Cosplay. Fangasm is a Ugh. sort of a reality show, and it, it it follows what was it four, five, or six? I think um, uh, geeks, and they're actually interns with Stanley's Kamikaze. So so uh, they have them do a lot of goofy things, like the like one of them. Was um, they were gonna meet get to meet George Takei? Oh my! But they had to they had to hold a um, a laser gun, just you know hold it up as long as they could. One of them went for like so it's some competition of them, to meet him. No, some of them were real geeks. You know, two two minutes. Oh, I can't do this anymore. Oh they just gosh. gave up. Uh, one of them tries <laughs> to like be Miles like, Dyson in Terminator Two. <laughs> one of them tries to be like Joel. Actually, reminded me of Joel. Tried to be the cool kid. You know, one talking about hot girl was the first one to go out. And he was thinking in his head, you know, the uh, the loser's corner looks pretty good. I'm going to just lose just because oh I'm going to go over gosh, there. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. And then he goes over Sounds there. That's pretty cool. She didn't pay attention to him. <laughs> so, um, you know, and she George Takei came on at the end. It, it, it's goofy. You get to meet him. But I got to say, probably because it was been happening in, in my life recently, but they got me even that. I teared up a little at the end because because you know mm. one of them and Andrew he he's the super geek I'll call him that <laughs> you know he started to cry after George Takei left and everybody thought oh he's you know he's a geek he you know it, it's George Takei he he got to meet his idol but it's actually because he was telling he started telling the story and everybody started crying if George Takei was there he put a, wow. probably would have started crying because he said it was special to him because his great grandma when she was alive when he he had problems having you know making friends in school and all that his great grandma was always there with him she would watch star trek with him even though she knew nothing about it but she always liked George Takei the Sulu character okay and seeing him there you know it, it just reminded him of his great grandma that deep that's family all. connection yeah so it, it ends that way on a good note and you know we'll see what Man, happens. Was, was, got, was it good now though? you got me tearing up was it, <laughs> yeah. was it, was it good i mean cuz like, i remember watching the previews of it and they were billing it as this is the real big bang theory 
I mean, well, I got to say, yeah, it is okay. because, you know, I think we talked about on the show once before the Big Bang Theory to me, I, I don't see it as a geeky show. You know, just throwing out references just because you wear a Angry Bird Star Wars T-shirt like somebody awesome. in here. Yeah, that, this is awesome. See, but the thing is, you know, yeah. you know what all the references that you know, in Star Wars and all that. But My shirt says Ice Cube. Just to put, that's because he's thirsty. Just be, just to put it out, you know, put things out there and have George Takei guest star yeah. just because, then it doesn't really make you. We a said Leonard show. Nimoy, so we're this geeky. one they actually they talk like us. Yeah, honestly, they you know they give they the references, like they us. give all that all that stuff, and and one of them said it perfectly after all the crying and all that was over. They said, "Geez, what's what it going to be like when we need Stan Lee?" Because oh, wow. I can say. I thought I'd be under control and everything, but when I when I was standing next to this guy, and you can ask Joe Field because it was at Flying Colors when yeah, we were there. Yeah, fangasm. <clears throat> um, you, you know, uh, Joe asked me something I don't remember what, but he, he said that Henry, you know, moved the camera or I don't know what, because I was I didn't even know my name. Uh, my kids were there. You guys see it in the picture. <laughs> I, I forgot their names because I think Stan. What are their names? Okay. Here's like. <laughs> <laughs> Stan became Chandler Bing for a second, talking to a woman. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I can imagine how they're gonna be when they meet Stanley. So that's what's happening as we record it. It's Wednesday. Revolution Rachel's show is gonna return. I heard her um, uh, an interview with JJ. He said that it's gonna change a little, not dramatically, but it's gonna change yeah. a little from what we've seen in the first in the canceled. first season. <laughs> so we will see what that is. So Permanent let's take a little break. Um, speaking of TV, it's um, not controversial not anything but you guys just can't seem to stop talking about heroes of cosplay coming on next will be the star of sci-fi's heroes of cosplay yeah her yeah, oh, yeah. Han. talk to her yeah, in just a few minutes her. and i will oh, ask yeah. her about the finales and stuff some stuff behind the scenes so let's have somebody talk maybe you'll do a review i don't know somebody jump up to the microphone maybe uh mark or somebody and we will return and i'll talk to yaya the geek speak show will be right back Toys for you and your eye machine. Bits and Pixels with Mark Doris. Grand Theft Auto V. Have you heard of it? Little old title by Rockstar North and Rockstar Studios. Well, it's made over $1 billion, and that's only within the first three days of its release. Of that, $800 million was earned just in the first 16 hours alone. Now, even with all that cash they've made, that hasn't stopped Rockstar Studios from having its own issues. Their online community, The Social Club, has returning errors to users who try to log into an existing account or even those who try to create a new one, such as a non-existing account, unable to verify information, server down, things like that. Uh, some updates have patched most of these issues, so a lot of uh, users are actually seeing that they can get into it and continue about their business no problem, but some uh, users are still facing those issues. Um, in addition to this, uh, another issue with the play disc for Xbox 360 users on Grand Theft Auto 5. Now, Grand Theft Auto 5 comes with two discs, one uh, labeled install and the second one labeled play. The install one, as you'd have to guess, is for installation purposes, and the second disc is just to actually play the game. Now, the second game itself could be installed on the Xbox 360, but if users were to do that, well, they are reporting to have texture and performance issues after the installation. The patch is expected to come uh, in the next week or so, or most likely probably around October 1st or very shortly thereafter when Grand Theft Auto Online goes live. So for now, it's advised you only install the disc labeled as such and not for the play disc. So play the play disc, install the installed disc. Simple enough. An English trailer for Metal Gear Solid 5 is starting to make its rounds. The roughly 10th primary game in the storyline featuring Solid Snake will voice be voiced rather by Keeper Sutherland this time around. Now, this is the first time 
roughly, let's say, the first time that David Hayter will not be voicing the character since 1998. Most of the games and all the primary appearances that Snake has made were all voiced by David Hayter in the English versions, but Kiefer Sutherland will be taking over the reins of, of the voice for this game. Now, this game is going to be taking place, I believe, about fourth or so in this series, in 1975 for the, the prologue, and then uh, 1985, so the timeline it fits right about in there. Uh, this game, which will be released on current gen and next-gen consoles as well as PC, has yet to receive a release date, but that should be expected shortly to follow. Now, you guys are never going to guess who I ran into the other day. Uh, Brian Tyler, he's a famous composer, I ran into his mother while shopping the other day. Uh, we started talking, actually, and we had a conversation for nearly an hour about her son and all the work he's doing. For those of you guys who aren't familiar with the name, Brian Tyler is an Emmy-nominated composer who has done such works as Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Need for Speed, Far Cry 3, Army of Two, and the up-and-coming Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Uh, those are just a few of the titles on the resume, most of which he has done are for movies like The Expendables, Iron Man 3, Thor The Dark World, Fast and Furious 6, and the upcoming TMNT movie. His mom, whose name actually escapes me at the moment that I think about it, it doesn't matter, uh, she was super excited to talk to someone who actually has heard of her son. As we were talking, she let me know that a lot of her friends of her same age, and I assume late 60s to be generous, are uh, unfamiliar with all the titles of video games and movies that we just discussed, so she rarely gets a chance to show off her son's work and talk about that in such a passionate fashion, but I'm actually a big fan of Brian Tyler and a lot of the stuff that he's done. I've, uh, I actually have most of the... Uh, soundtracks that we talked about and that I just mentioned here on my uh, mobile device. Now, um, we spent a great deal looking at videos online. She was showing me some of the works that he had done, some of his uh, composing videos, and a lot of the amazing performances that he's been a part of. Um, and she's actually promised to send me copies of soundtracks from his movies and games. So maybe we can do a giveaway here at the show or something when those come in. Reaper of Souls, um, it's going to be the first Diablo 3 expansion, has finally been announced, uh, featuring new Crusader classes and an increased level cap up to level 70, and a bunch of other new things, regions, uh, loot drops, and more. Uh, the release date has not been released yet, um, or and they have not actually committed to a console version for the expansion, but at least we've got something new to come, which is phenomenal. Xbox One's Kinect. Uh, well, this is becoming a little bit of a pain and a hassle. So, as uh, Microsoft has done with the Xbox One, they've pretty much stepped back and forth and, and to the side and changed pretty much everything they've said about the release and the console and what's going to come with it, what's not going to come with it, how the console's going to perform, how you sign up, like all these things have been changing. Now, one of the things right now, the Xbox One is set at $500, including its Kinect sensor. Prior, Kinect sensor required to be connected at all times, but could be turned off. Now, you don't have to have it connected to your console. Uh, to actually have a use to it. So that's sending a message to a lot of people who are looking to buy a next-gen console this coming November or shortly thereafter that maybe a cheaper Xbox One will be uh, available uh, without the Kinect sensor. I, for one, I think the Kinect sensor is a great idea. I think it has a lot of potential. I don't know if I'll use it a whole lot, but I'll tell you what, I would like to have the option of buying the Kinect sensor if I need it rather than being forced to buy it and not necessarily having to use it. Phil Fish, the creator of Fez, uh, and Fez 2 rather, uh, has quit the video game industry because of an overwhelming amount of criticism. This is a direct quote from Game Informer. Apparently, he says, this is as much as I can stomach on Polytron's website is where he's uh, getting this information. This isn't the result of any one thing, but the end of a long, bloody campaign. You win. Now, I've not actually played Fez and Fez 2. I'm not familiar with any of that. So for you guys that were looking forward to this title, well, you are out of luck because it looks like Phil Fish has pretty much canceled the project and stepped away from everything gaming because he can't handle a lot of harsh words. I'll tell you what, if you play on the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live, you hear nothing but insults regarding your mother and your sister and your girlfriend and everything. So I don't know what this guy has heard to make him quit gaming, but it can't be worse than what we've heard online playing video games multiplayer ourselves. 
That's it for this week, guys. Be sure to email me, Doris, at The Geek Speak Show, if you have any questions, comments, insults, anything that you want to share with me, or follow me on Twitter, at NerdOutcast. Uh, catch you guys next week. This is Mark, my Speak Geek. Hey, this is Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn, and one of the original founders of Image Comics, and you're listening to Geek Speak Show. Thanks for coming. You are listening to the Geek Speak Show. The boys will be here in just a few minutes. We just finished our TV talk. Still fresh on all our minds is something that is right up our alley because we all see it when we go to conventions. We all, some of us have done it. I know some of you have. You've sent me your awesome pictures. That is Sci-Fi's Heroes of Cosplay. The finale was, when was it? I think a week ago or a couple weeks ago. I don't know. I don't even know what day it is today. But on the line is one of the stars, I should say the star of Sci-Fi's Heroes of Cosplay, <laughs> Yaya Han, back on the Geek Speak Show. Hey, Yaya, how you doing? Hi, Henry. Hi, everybody. I'm super excited to be back on the show. Thank you for having me. No problem. So, I, I, like I said, you've had a pretty eventful summer, I would say. <laughs> pretty eventful year, yeah. yeah. Full year has been pretty crazy. Yeah, so, so let's talk a little bit about Heroes of Cosplay, because like I said, that just ha- the finale just happened not too long ago. Uh, the first thing I want to ask you is, wh- whose idea was it? Who approached who about doing Heroes of Cosplay? I was approached over three years ago. It was at the beginning of 2011. Yeah, 2011 I was approached, and I was a producer uh, who was also a friend of mine, and uh, he pitched it, he actually just pitched a show about, you know, what I do in my crazy little world of convention traveling and making costumes <laughs> and pitched it to a small a production company that then got sort of passed around and developed slowly into a cosplay show featuring multiple cosplayers going to conventions. And then when they heard about that, their contest, they're like, Ooh, well, yeah, contest. Hey, that's something America can relate to. Let's <laughs> focus on the contest. And finally, it ended up at Sci-Fi, and there has been, you know, some uh, waiting periods uh, to figure out if the network can, you know, support a show with a brand new topic like cosplay. And because, I mean, this was never done before. There has never been a ongoing episodical TV show about cosplay. Right. So I think... Any network would really think long and hard about whether it's a, you know, it's a topic people would relate to at all. So finally, in January, things were finalized, and then we started talking about the actual filming schedules. We had filmed a couple of sizzles at conventions beforehand, you know, just to sort of give them a taste of it. And uh, it just ended up, we started filming in February and it was marathon filming until April. And then um, after principal photography ended, we still continued filming the interview, you know, one-on-one um, interview sessions where we talked about what happened. And then, um, yeah, it was just sort of been a whirlwind journey, I have to say. I'm pretty nuts. Yeah, I know that feeling. Also, you were saying that you know, that the networks were kind of hesitant, like, okay, what is this about? It, this show, the Geek Speak show, it's getting interest now, finally, from radio stations also. But I also have to go, I have to educate them on what actually geek culture yeah. is all about. And, and you know, they, they, they look at me weird, but uh, okay, let's give it a shot. Uh, but when mm-hmm. when they first pitched it to you, was that the idea of the show? What was, what was the format? Was it what we eventually saw, or was it something else completely different? Oh, the format changed um, a few times. I think they were trying out different things. And uh, I think something like cosplay is so unique and so multifaceted 
that a big network that has never heard about this before, they they really didn't know what to focus on. So, you know, for a while it was, oh, it should just be a documentary. Oh, it should be more like this. And no, it should be more like that. And then uh, finally they settled kind of on the, um, how do you say it, a deadliest catch format Mm -hmm. where you have multiple casts, but not every single cast member is in every single episode. So they have multiple stories that they can follow and the cast sort of interact with each other. And then there's always, you know, a contest at the end of each episode. And so um, from that, like from the standpoint of making TV, I can definitely understand why they chose to focus on the competitive side of cosplay. Obviously, cosplay is a huge world way beyond competition. Right. But I think um, the community as it's now and the, just like the whole geek world, that competition is no longer what you need to showcase your costume because you have social media and you have other ways to promote yourself. But competition used to be a very important part of cosplay. And for my generation of cosplayers who started 10 years ago, we had no other way to get better except to enter contests and push ourselves that way. So for me, I come from a competition background, and it's the reason why I have, you know, become a better cosplayer. So I think um, it's, it is something that should be, uh, how do you say, should be validated as a part of cosplay. Right. You know, however, I think everything can be in balance, and, uh, you know, I, I personally definitely... Um, feel like the show could have focused a lot more on the fun side of cosplay. I think we all really missed a lot of the fun aspects and um, the, the just, you know, there was just not enough time to tell the fun stories. And we actually filmed a lot of scenes. We filmed us, you know, going out um, to, to do fun things and interacting with each other. We had two separate slumber parties we went uh, mechanical bull riding in Kansas City, you know, just like all kinds of random weird things. Brian and I had a really nice uh, picnic for my birthday that, you know, we filmed, but then totally didn't make it in at all. And those are those are the scenes that I personally really missed. Yeah, we're talking to Yaya Han. She's an international costume designer, the model, cosplay ambassador, and star of Sci-Fi's Heroes of Cosplay. This audience, you all know who she is. But in case you're just tuning in for the first <laughs> time, that's Yaya Han. That's who she is. Uh, now, the show, you know, we've dealt with quote unquote controversies that came up with it. We're not going to talk about them here. You've 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 addressed those on on Twitter and on, yeah, on, on YouTube. Yeah. Honestly, um, the only thing that I have to say, or or I feel like I, I should say about it, is that I think no matter how the show would have turned out, there would have been a lot of negative feedback. And again, that is because the community at the moment is very much so um, in fractions. Mm -hmm. There's so many different types of cosplayers. And because it's a art form, it's not a sport, there are no rules on how you're supposed to do something. So everybody does cosplay their own way. And the problem is a lot of people they can't seem to accept if someone does cosplay differently than they do. So I think if the show had focused on just fun and, you know, um, just casual cosplaying, bought costumes, costumes that were not, you know, super detailed, and it was just about, like, going to a convention and being goofy, I think people would have criticized that. If the show had just been about, you know, 
posing and doing photo shoots to show, you know, people still would have criticized it. So really there was nothing, I really don't think there's anything that we could have done as the cast, the crew, as network that would have pleased the very, very judgmental geek community. You know, we took the heat. We took the heat as the first cosplay show ever made. And I always knew that the first show about cosplay would be very controversial. There is no other option. Yeah. But we did it, and I don't regret it. I think it definitely has had a lot of um, overwhelmingly positive outcomes. Uh, and I think everything needs to be in balance. With positivity comes negativity. And, you know, I take it as a person. I take it as a businesswoman. I take it as a cosplayer. You know, just hearing stories about people who are inspired by watching the show to want to start getting into cosplay, you know, those stories outweigh all the people bitching so much more. Yeah. And that is what I focus on. I mean, having been this in this industry for oh, a while, I won't say how long because I'll really show my age. <laughs> but, you know, it, I mean, we go, we, we hear the phrase all the time, you can't please everybody. You, you really can't. You, you, you start to learn over the years that you, you really can. Even if even what you think is the greatest, you have Stan Lee or somebody on, somebody's <laughs> not going to like what Stan Lee said or what you asked him or you shouldn't do that kind of interview. Yes. So, I mean, you're always ah. going to get that no matter what you do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and and and, and yeah, oh. I'll say personally for me, I I like the show. I really uh, I did. It, it, I, the only complaint I'll have it was a little too short. I, I want to see a little longer season. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. But and the only thing that that I not not hated, but I'll just say just uh, kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit is how because because I, I know you know behind the scenes and all how they edit and everything is how they portrayed some of the uh, some of the, some of you guys because you know I, I know you I know Chloe I know some of the other cosplayers that were, that were on there and I know that they're they're not like the way they were they were portrayed on the show they're not like that at mm-hmm. all but you know so be it, it it's TV um, uh, yeah yeah we, we were characters we had specific roles that right. they were trying to fill to tell a storyline everything was really just about telling a storyline. Yeah. And using things and characters to make sense, make the story make sense to the viewers. And so, you know, they <clears throat> they had no idea how certain things would be perceived by the audience. They were just like, okay, well, if she says this at this moment, then it would make sense for the story to continue down this road. And so, um, and that's, that's the thing is like when you sign on for a first season TV show, you really, you have no control over the editing. There's, it's completely unheard of. You just have to Google reality TV and see how TV shows are made and how the contracts are drafted up. And, you know, it's just, that is why I think for all of us on the cast, because we're real cosplayers, it was a very difficult decision to do this project because we all do want to represent cosplay in the right way. And we knew how much was um, weighing on our shoulders. So it's like all I can continue doing, all any of us can continue doing is just spread the message and try to keep inspiring people and keep motivating people and keep making good costumes, you know, like, the show has been a life experience for all of us, but it's not going to change our lives. You know, it's not going to uh, totally define who we are. We're, you know, a lot more than just this show. And so that's what I've been just sort of telling people. is like if you really want to get to know us and who we are, 
then you have to interact with us at cons. You have to, like, see what we post about daily, not just, you know, what you see for a minute on, on TV, and sort of, like, get an idea of who we are. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing is when I tease that Yaya is returning to the show, we got flooded with tweets and, and questions for you. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask cool. you a, a few of them right now. Yes, absolutely. So the, so the first one comes from at GWW Capes. That's our friends over at the Geeks with Wives and Capes podcast. Mm-hmm. They want to know, I think what we all want to know is, will we, be, will we be getting a season two? And has there been any talk about tweaking the format? <laughs> Uh, we have absolutely no idea. Obviously, um, obviously, all of us on the cast, we feel like we have a lot more to share, a lot more to say, mm-hmm. especially with how this season was presented. I think all of us would love to tell our own stories more, tell, like, tell people more about cosplay and really, like, share how we feel about it. So, um I think, yes, it would be amazing if there could be another season and if uh, sci-fi could have, or, you know, if, if there was just a way to sort of tweak the, the the flow of the show or just um, sort of make things a little more balanced, you know, like, yeah. yeah, sure, there needs to be tension, there needs to be stakes, and there needs to be some drama for any show to not be boring. I'm like, I don't want to watch a TV show that's boring either. But, you know, everything can be achieved in balance so we can only hope all of us i think can only hope that network has potentially you know listened to some of the feedback they've received and i'm sure they've received a lot of feedback and um whether it's going to happen or not i think it's completely up in the air and i think for me i i personally i'm okay if there is not a season two i'm okay if this was just a one-time thing and i can just move on and continue running my business and continue making costumes and do what I've always done. Um, But if there is a chance for season two, I think, um, you know, there would be certain things that I would love to have represented in it that I think were a little bit missing in the first season. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. (laughs) I don't know. Fingers crossed. (laughs) No, this, this next one actually you you talked about it a little bit a, a minute ago, so it, it's perffect. It, and this is from uh, from our wait what at the geekspeakshow dot com email from Angie in uh, where is she Sacramento. Uh, she says, "Can uh-huh. can there be more focus on the heroes part of the show, meaning show all the good and positive things cosplayers do besides the conventions?" Like I said, Absolutely. you you kind of mentioned that a minute ago. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I I would love that. I think with uh, especially with you know, a network behind us, I think there, there's got to be some ways that we could do some very cool charity projects or do some, you know, raise awareness for a good cause or something. I mean, I've um, always uh, given to charity. I'm involved with the Costly for a Cause charity, and we're doing uh, a current a project right now to raise money for the American Red Cross. And any chance, any opportunity to give back, I, I'm always completely down for. And you know, conventions are great. They're fun. They're like they're challenging, but there's there has to be ways to show a broader spectrum of of our world. I, I really think so, but it's not up to me. You know, I'm I'm just you know if I if I get asked to be to return, I would be just another I would be another cast, and casts don't really have the ability to contribute to the storyline and to. Uh, where the direction is going to go, um, but 
then again, there's so many factors involved. Like there's so many bureaucratic and logistical factors involved in making a TV show, things that people just would never even think about. You know, clearances have to be done, releases have to be signed, and certain things, even though we had wanted to do them for season one, were just completely not possible from logistical standpoints. And even though network and production really wanted to do those things, it was completely impossible for them. But that's just that's just what it is making a show in you know very short amount of time everything is time pressure and it's just i don't know it's 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 like it's a whole other clockwork monster with all of these parts and gears yeah i mean you know doing what i do you're giving people an inside look but yeah it is a lot of people it's not just point the camera and you know there's yaya there's monica there's everybody there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes before you even get to point the camera at anybody, and you know, same thing with with the show we do here. Before we mm-hmm. we do interviews or anything, you know, they, like you said, we have to go through clearances, and is it okay to use logos and all, all that stuff? It's not just okay. Let's yeah. call up Stan Lee and have him on. It's a whole thing behind him. So those were were a couple of uh, email questions and tw- from Twitter. Uh, we got a lot of them, but most of them were you know they covered the same topic. So I just picked those two because mm-hmm. you know, I thought they were pretty good. Now let's talk about that's Heroes of Cosmo. Let's talk about Yaya Han, which you're known for. And, you know, where where can we see you? What convention can we see you at next? Oh, my gosh. I, I'm trying to pace myself this year. I'm, like, no more than two conventions in a row. Two cons in a row, and then I have to go home for a weekend at least. <laughs> uh, but I still do have several conventions coming up. Well, this weekend I'll be at Anime Week in Atlanta, my hometown anime con, which is very dear to me. And uh, I will be um, one of their invited um, guest speakers, a panels. I'm always their hostess for the costume contest, which is always a huge honor and joy for me. And uh, after Anime Week in Atlanta, I will hopefully be busting my butt on a new costume for New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I missed New York Comic Con last year because I was in Australia during that weekend. Uh, but I'm coming back. I'm excited to see how the con has grown. It's now grown to a four-day convention. So that will be pretty cool. And I will be at the uh, KatsuCon booth for most of the weekend. So people can come see me at the KatsuCon booth, and I will have certain merchandise um, with me, like posters and calendars and such. And um, I'll be in costume, of course. And then I just confirmed, uh, just a, a, today, actually, I just confirmed um, Breaking Central news. Canada Comic Con. Okay. Yeah, Central Canada, Central Canada Comic Con, or C4Con, in Winnipeg, uh, in Manitoba, and never been there before i'm really excited to you know go back to canada it's been a year or two i think and right after central canada comic-con i'm going back to canada to halcon in halifax so that's two canadian cons in a row i'll be freezing for those two (laughs) weeks but it's fun i i I do i love canada and uh, i love the, the certain you know, foods there, and the people are always so nice, and so very excited for that. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Argentina, too. Totally forgot, yeah. Going to Argentina right after New York Comic Con. Um, going to Peru in December for an anime convention, and I'm just like, I'm going to do the anime convention, and I'm going to see Machu Picchu. I don't care. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to take a plane or take a bus or whatever. We're going to go to Cusco and go see Machu Picchu. 
So it's it's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah, I love to travel, love meeting people from different areas and, you know, sharing, like, seeing how the community is, sharing what cosplay is like in the U.S., as well as, like, how the cosplay scene is in their locale. And um, that's that's all it is, just about sharing and celebrating something we all love. Yeah, yeah. Some, something that was really cool, again, I'm going to go back to Heroes of Cosplay, is the, the last two episodes watching you compete again. I know a lot of people haven't had a chance to see you do that. Uh, how was it for you, mm-hmm. and would you want to do it again? Not for the show, but just, you know, just on your right. own. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and a lot of stress, which is very it did go hand in hand when you compete, especially. I mean, that's this is the nature of competing, but the thrill of it is to take on a challenge, is to have something to work towards to a, a goal. And um, I I really have I've always only competed when I've had a good idea for a performance. I think that you shouldn't compete just to compete to try to get an award. I think that's dumb, you know, because it's like if you're if you're just competing for the sake of competing, uh, your heart is not in it. You may not, and there's so much that can go wrong that if you don't win, then it can be completely discouraging. So for me, I've always just competed when I was struck by inspiration in some way. So that's. Every skit, every performance I've ever done was because I had an idea for something and I wanted to share that on stage. And the Alice skit is no different. I've always wanted to do uh, something very dark and Alice in Wonderland inspired. And the I've always loved uh, the American McGee games. And, you know, I was like, that that is really amazing. I really want to do something like that. And um, we... I feel like, you know, obviously it being filmed for a TV show now, we have the best documentation of any skit that I've ever done. Like, <laughs> all other skits are filmed, like, with a whack, you know, like a, a wacky camera, handheld, you know, with, like, people's heads that you can see, and, like, you can kind of see the stage. And then this is, like, oh, wow, nice sound. And, oh, different camera angles. And, oh, you can actually see the costume up close. I'm just, yeah. like, I just love watching that skit video over and over again because I'm, like, yes, you can actually see our expressions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was very exciting. Um, if, and, yeah, if in the future I have another idea for a skit, I would love to um, create it again. However... I'm not sure if I would want to enter as a competitor again because I I think if all I want to do is just go on stage and act out a cool performance, then I would rather just enter as an exhibition skit where it's not part of the judging. It's just part of maybe the halftime show, could be like the opening of the competition or something, just where it's just like it's just a chance to go on stage for fun without entering in the contest. You know, because I like it's not important to me whether I win an award or something. I'm like, I feel like that is definitely past me. That's not my goal these days. So um, it's more just about performing and being creative. Yeah, speaking of performing, let me ask you this question because it caused a lot of uh, not heated argument, just just uh, discussions. I'll, I'll say in my house when we were watching the show, and I've gotten a few mm-hmm. emails on that too. People ask me, now, did the crown fall for the show, or did it actually, was it the real thing? Did it actually really fall? The, the crown fell. The crown did fall. But 
Um, and it's like I'll, I'll talk about it because there's actually you can actually see a video that someone just randomly from the audience took in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody in Kansas City who watched the show, they know what happened is Sci-Fi asked if every skit could do the skit twice so that they can, for the first time when, when you do the skit, they can have just the overhead crane camera mm-hmm. recording everything and cameras from off off the stage recording from different angles. And then when you did the skit the second time, immediately go back and do it the second time, then they could actually have a cameraman uh, on stage filming close-ups. And that makes sense from a TV-making standpoint, and I think it definitely added to the production value of the, the skits and the way they were able to actually show all the close-ups and the expressions and such. But, of course, for the audience, it was like, all right, now we have to watch every skit twice. So, in our case, the first time we went on, my crown fell. It indeed fell. And with those crazy, meaty sausage hands, I actually could (laughs) not get it back on my head. So, I... I just kind of struggle with it. I try to get it back on my head, but then Ricky like stabbed me <laughs> and, and the skit was over. So then immediately when we set up for the second run of the, the, the skid, I didn't whip my head so dramatically. So the crown stayed on the entire time. So I don't know if, you know, this is now a spoiler, I guess. Sorry, sci-fi, but uh, the way they edited it to add, you know, tension and yeah. finale drama they edited it as if the crown fell off, but then I was able to get it back on my head. So, you know, I mean, they just combined the two skits and, you know, created that story. Obviously, I wish they would have just used a second run of me, you know, doing the skit perfectly with absolutely nothing going wrong. But um, I think it shows that mishaps happen, and they, they really do. They, they absolutely happen. And um, if you have fair judges, which we did, we have, you know, stuff like this won't bother them. They're not going to be like, oh, you know, oh, this piece of shoulder armor fell off while they were fighting, so we have to dock points now. No, it's like it can just happen, and I think it's just, um, I don't know. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I saw it, and I was like, ha-ha, you know, adding to the, the dramatic effect of skits. <laughs> so... Yeah, so a couple last questions before I do let you go, Yaya, um, and that we've seen a little bit on, on the show. But give some pointers to somebody who may be thinking about cosplaying for the first time or getting into it. Uh, what are some pointers that you would give him, some first-timers? Well, I think um, uh, people who want to get into cosplay these days, they are in good shape. Uh, there's a lot of awesome information out there, and you... If you just spend a few hours online, you can search for just about any answer that you want to know. Uh, so um, I always say cosplay equals practicing your Google foo. So Google, 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 practice Googling different keywords, try using different phrases, just keep digging, keep being curious and keep being um, inquisitive. And uh if you want to know how to make armor or how to make a spandex bodysuit or how to make gloves or how to style a wig, it's all out there already. And I think people just need to have that um, real ambition. And I, I think cosplayers, when they, when they really 
really cosplay for the first time, there is a moment where it sort of clicks in their head and it's like they get it all of a sudden. There's like, oh, now I'm passionate about this. Now because I'm passionate about this, I'm willing to continue looking for the answers and I'm willing to keep digging and I'm willing to get hands-on. So doing your research is my absolutely best advice. And then I think um, you should definitely choose a character that you personally relate to. And it doesn't have to be a character that you look exactly like. It just needs to be a character that you would want to be. If you want to be a character, then that could be a good choice for you as a costume. Um, And uh, with anything, start simple. Don't, Don't, like, feel like if you see other cosplayers do these full, giant, elaborate costumes that you need to jump in with something like that. You can absolutely start simple. All of us started with something very simple and then built up our skills and built up our cosplay, you know, techniques from there. So um, it's like do your research and uh, just try to make each costume as well as you can. And just have fun with it, you know. Yeah. Always, always have fun with it. Yeah, that's the main thing is to have fun with it. And, and you know, I was thinking, you, we got to put that on the T-shirt picture of you saying, "I know Google Foo." <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm serious. That's that's it. Cosplay is all all just practicing your Google Foo. That's it. And, and, and the last question I have for you is: uh, I have a link to to your store, but the actual the your web page is under construction right now. Can you give? Can you tease a mm-hmm. little bit what what's going to be different when it does come back? Um, I have been needing a new website set up for a long time. I think my my website was just getting way too uh, it's just getting too big, and I I, I need to sort of like contain it (laughs) you know I've done too much to to put it all put every single picture that I have online so now I'm like condensing condensing it down and yeah I just wanted a sleeker um, navigation and um, I have a uh, design team working on it for me right now and um, they actually have not given me an update in a while so I would like to personally see how the website's going to (laughs) look before it goes live yeah. Um, but hopefully it's going to be uh, a very easy to follow page where you can just like click on the galleries and immediately see the different things that I've done. And that's really all it is. I just want a site where I can inform people of what I do. And also in I, I do, I want to do certain things like tutorials, more videos, more helpful hints and such. So all of that, of course, takes time. So I am working on all of that now. You know, I started posting some tips and trick, um, tricks as notes on Facebook, and I'll, I'll be continuing writing those and making some tutorial videos as well. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we did the same. We, we, we redid our, our website because, you know, it was just getting too cluttered. And it's not that, you know, we're, we're lazy and we don't do anything. It's just that we're doing so many things that, you know, we just got to make more space. Because I was getting emails from people saying, you know, there's so so many cool events and things that you have on there, but I can't find the podcast. Where's the podcast? So I made it easy <laughs> for people to okay, click here. Here's the play, and then you know events and everything else has its own page. So that uh, that's yeah. probably what's going to end up happening with with yours too. Is what I'm hearing from you. Mhm. Yeah. Oh, I'm 
I'm hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be hopeful on everything. Yeah, so attitude is everything. Right. Yeah, it's Yaya Han, she's costume designer, model, cosplay ambassador, star of sci fi's heroes of cosplay. Hopefully comes back for a second and longer season this time, like like I said. <laughs> Yaya, thanks a lot for taking the time. You're welcome back anytime and we will talk to you later. Thank you so much, Henry. Thanks everyone, and I hope I can talk to you guys real soon on the Geek CBT show. So okay. take care. Okay, thanks, okay. Yaya. Bye. Hi, this is Scott Marcano, Mr. Diablo, telling you to listen to the Geek Speak show, or I'll send you to hell. Yes, it's my time of the year. <laughs> well, getting there almost. We got a you know, what, few days to go till uh, it's October, but this Friday. Holy crap! October's already here. Yes. California's Great America will get you ready as Halloween Haunt opens once again Friday, September twenty seventh. On the line is the entertainment manager for California's Great America Halloween Haunt, Clayton Lawrence. Clayton, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Hey guys, how's it going? Hey boy, hey. Going fantastic. Ready for Halloween Haunt and all that stuff. So, uh, let me ask you though. Let me. The first question right off the bat is, when do you start planning whatever we're going to see at Halloween Haunt? How soon do you plan them? You know, we are usually a year out. I'm actually working on stuff for next year. Um, there's so much that goes on, and uh, we start building. Actually, we start the design process after Haunt open or closes for the year. We start going into it, what worked, what didn't work. Um, we really listen to what the guests are reacting to. We read blogs. We read reviews. Then we kind of go in and... W- our event has been growing so fast that it's uh, it, it really takes a year to plan it. So then we come back after the first of the year and we start actually building in some of the mazes. Um, this year we started a lot of the build in April and it's taken us all the way up till today and we're still building and still adding the final touches. And yeah, it's a it's an intense, long process, but it's so worth it. So, so you can say that it's actually a year-long process, right? Yeah, and it's kind of haunt is always on our brains here at Great America. We are always researching new things, looking at um, industry trends, and really it comes down to what's going to be cool for the Bay Area and what's going to be scary, and and not so much or in addition to the scary, what's going to be fun for everyone. Is there anything too scary? I'm a little biased. So I, I can't answer that question. I think everything is, I, I mean, I, it, it's funny because I ask people as haunts going on and I'm like, what's your favorite maze? And it's all over the board. It's, we have eight mazes this year and um, last year we had seven and it was all over. Like every, there were mazes that surprised me and it, it was just funny to hear the reaction by everyone. How do you decide what scenes to include? We start with a storyboard. Every maze has a story to tell, and we sometimes the guests recognize the story right away, and sometimes it's a little more subtle. But in the design process, the story helps us um, with the costuming and the room layouts and the designs. This year we have Zombie High School. It's brand new for us. And it's been fun to design because it's kind of taken me back to my high school days, and we... We started just storyboarding. So we have a high school name. We and we're calling it Bayside High School because of Say by the Bell. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. Of then uh, we also we're like, okay, what's the most random mascot <laughs> out in the world? And we're like, how about a turtle? 
because I've never heard of a high school be called the Turtles. So you walk in, and it, it looks cute, and then you turn the corner, and you're greeted by just blood everywhere, and zombies have ravaged <laughs> through this high school. And so the process has been really fun, and it basically we took iconic iconic rooms that you would recognize. So we have a library, and we have the science class, chemistry. Uh, we have a gym where – or a, a – uh, gymnasium where there's a prom going on and just it sounds like saved by the bell to me (laughs) yeah we just look we just look for things that make sense in a maze um we have our slaughterhouse and that was just when we designed that back in 2008 it was how bloody and gutty could we make it um over at toy factory the idea was how fun can we make it with a creepy edge so kind of we just look for things that are cool and make sense to help push the story along as we're doing costuming and lighting and soundtracks. Great America uses 100% in-house soundtracks that reproduce ourselves for the mazes. So that also helps us push the creepy factor. We're, talk- we're talking to Clayton Lawrence, who's the entertainment manager for California's Great America Halloween Haunt. Opens this Friday, September 27th. Uh, now, you-, you mentioned the lighting and everything that goes on, which just leads to the next question is, Besides yourself, who else is involved behind the scenes and you know, who, who does the lighting, the music, the effects, all that stuff? Everything is in-house at Great America. The entertainment team works with our maintenance team, and there's about 50 people that build the event. And we have a support staff of about 15 makeup artists, 22 supervisors, um, a construction crew of about 25, 30 people, and um, it's we're constantly working in the final days of haunt it's it's a seven day we seven day operation to get everything going and up and ready to go so everything is in-house and the the other big aspect in, in halloween haunt is what do you look for in the actors that you hire i mean besides a strong stomach for you know stomach all the blood and everything that they're going to see what do you look for in the actors that will populate them yeah, we um, when we hire everyone, we look for a personality, um, and we kind of we take everyone, and it's not really you don't need to have a, a detailed acting background, but we look for people that understand the event and just want to have fun scaring people, and it's funny because it's it's not hard to find people that way, and um, they we put them through a scare school, we hire them, put a costume, we nice. give them a character, and then they go through a scare school. And it's a day where they spend um, time developing a character. Why are they in the maze? Why are they attacking the guests? Or <laughs> some of them are victims. And why are they a victim? What are they running from? And just all sorts of things like that. So we take everyone with um, take everyone on, and then we train them. And then by the end of Haunt, they're like Haunt experts. And we get so many returners every year. We call them veterans. And then the next year, we bring in the rookies or the fresh blood. Do they get a degree at a scare school? <laughs> no, but you know what? That's a good idea. We should make a diploma. <laughs> well, like a, yeah, certificate. Well, well, like without spoiling anything, like what can we expect from a Halloween haunt? Haunt this year. If you're a returner, we've upped our game a lot. We this year we've added a lot of detailed scenery. Um, the biggest thing this year is we've added two mazes. And we've added a brand new Haunt Ice Show. It's never been done in our company before, and this show is incredible. It has aerialists and contortionists and ice skaters, and it's a really good production show. Um, But 
in a nutshell, we've just upped our game and we're layering in details. We have new scare tactics out there. Um, I'll just say that we have some bungee performers out there. Um, so I think in one word this year, it's details. <laughs> That's awesome, Clayton. Um, now it, it open it opens this Friday. Um, what what are the dates and um, where can you tell everyone to find tickets at? Uh, we run every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday night between 7 p.m. and 12 a.m. And it's uh, from September 27th through October 27th. And you can find tickets at cagreatamerica.com slash haunt. Tickets online are as low as $27.99. And actually, one thing that's really cool that a lot of people don't know about is that we offer a fright lane pass. So as the event gets more busy, you can buy a a pass to get through a lot of the mazes faster by bypassing the standby lines. So it's a totally good deal. We also have uh, Madame Marie's Voodoo Chop House, which is a dinner experience, um, and it has a really great menu. And then we also have a Fright Feast um, for the family to enjoy. So we do those before every haunt, so you can go do that, and then you're in the park before the crowds are. And again, to make it easy for you guys, we have it up in our link section. Just go on there, click on the big Halloween Haunt logo, and it'll give you all the information that Clayton just gave you. Now, I had a question, Clayton, because, you know, it's Halloween. Everyone's dressing up. Um, Are you allowing people to wear costumes as they go through uh, the haunt? Unfortunately, due to safety, we do not allow guests to wear costumes because it it would be really tricky for us to manage who is the talent and who's a guest and uh, we want to make sure everyone is safe so um, we do not allow costumes however for families you could bring your kids to the park during our Snoopy's trick-or-treat festival that's daytime on Saturday and Sunday starting the first weekend of October the family can dress up and the kids can trick-or-treat with with Snoopy and the Peanuts gang and we have activities inside the planet spooky area of the park nice and then what about photo and video Photo and video, um, we don't allow because, again, we want everyone to go into these mazes safely. And uh, also for the actors, we want to make sure they're not getting blinded by flashing lights and things like that. Yeah, that would be, you know, they're going to be running through the thing <laughs> as it is. So you don't want to trip it over. Definitely. Last couple of years, we here on the Geek Speak Show, we've partnered with a certain mystery house close to Great America. They have, what do they call it, Joe? The code U. Oh, yeah. Which basically means that if it's too intense for you, you can exit the thing. Do you have, do you guys have something like for Han? If it gets too intense for, for them, can they, can they exit? Yeah, all of our mazes are designed with, um, we call them chicken exits. And uh, throughout <laughs> the maze, throughout the maze, there'll be uh, attendants dressed in all black. And they're really kind of there just to make sure everyone's okay. And um, if it is too intense, they'll recognize it. They'll ask you, do you want to go through the chicken exit? And then um, it's about every 50 feet in a maze that we have an exit that you can opt out if you need to. You should get those numbers. Like You should tally up how many, uh, how many chickens you got. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. I'll add that to the list. Well, well, yeah, I mean, really, that could be your research there because, you know, depending on where they exit from that, you know, obviously that one works. Definitely. Let's and do one this. cool thing um, smart that now. we do, <laughs> one cool thing that we do at the end of the night is as guests are leaving, we have tombstones and we have people at the exit of the park. They give you a chip and the guests get to vote 
on which maze was their favorite and mm -hmm. which scare zone. In addition to the mazes, we have scare zones out in the park, and those are areas that you can't avoid monsters. They're in the midway. We have sliders that slide at your feet. They growl. They grunt at you, and they it, it's pretty intense. But we have the guests vote on their favorite attractions, and actually at the very end of every night, all the monsters gather for a monster meeting, and we announce who the maze winner was in scare zone of the night. And it is like... It's it's an honor for these guys. So when you guys come out, we do we started about eleven o'clock at night. We have the chips to to vote, and it it's an incentive for our talent, and they compete all the way till the end. And at the very end of the hunt, we have a monster ball, and we have an award ceremony, and they we have maze of the year and scare zone of the year, and it is I mean it's like gold to them. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So California's Great America Halloween Haunt opens this Friday, September 27th, and every uh, every weekend in October. Clayton Lawrence, you can guys you guys can check out what Clayton and, and his crew did for you guys this year. Again, this Friday. Go to our link section. All the tickets, everything from information is all on there for you. Clayton, thanks a lot, and I'll say it now. It's, it's early, but have a happy Halloween. Thank you. You guys, too. Uh, when you guys come out, let us know, and I'll walk with you guys. Sweet. But, but but don't spoil any of the scares for us though. <laughs> I won't. Well, spoil it for I'll, me. I'll I'm keep too scared. I'm a chicken. I'm a chicken. I'm gonna okay. be looking for zombie sack Morris with the big phone. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to rename <laughs> the uh, the the chicken exits, the Joel exits after this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Layton. We'll we'll see you. Uh, some, I want royalties for that. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. Thank you. All right, see ya. This is the Geek Speak Show Book Club. Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, graphic novels, biographies. You'll hear them here on the Geek Speak Show Book Club. You will. That's a surprise. Well, not from Joel, but the guess what? Old book club. You get to go first. So, what poster or whatever yeah. it is you have today? I'll start it off because uh, you know we usually don't talk about this. It's a small, unknown thing. It's called The Walking Dead. What's that? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of The Walking Dead before. Well, like my yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> my my choice for the book club. Get off my show. Is <laughs> The Walking Dead Compendium Two, and it takes over issues 49 through 96 and if you are a fan of the walking dead you'll obviously you know that it was based on a comic book and <laughs> this comic book is pretty dope uh well it's done by robert kirkman obviously the man and uh you know like the comic book does a there's a lot more story and it's a lot more what do you say detailed and there's okay. a lot more action there's a lot more sex there's a lot more deaths a lot more characters and you can see how they adapted it into a TV series. So that's my choice for the book. Like, well, let me ask you this, though, because <laughs> you you actually do, unlike Rachel, you actually do watch AMC's The Walking Dead like oh, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't oh, yeah. spoil too much unless you really want to, but what are some of the differences in that and the TV show? Uh, there's no Daryl. Uh, yeah. Rick loses his hand. Oh, that's a big spoiler. Really? Yeah. You didn't know that? I, I've I've only read maybe the very beginning of The Walking Dead, and this was oh, before, okay, way okay. before the TV show, and then I didn't continue. And then, uh, what's it called? Well, spoiler alert, because there's a hint yeah. that we may see that this season. Really? TV. Oh, wow. That's all I'll say. Makes me want to just keep spoiling and spoiling and spoiling. but uh, Don't do it. Well, that's your coffee. Don't spoil that. that you know, <laughs> liquid and electronics don't kind of mix. It makes sense to me. So, <laughs> that what is it again? The uh, Walking Dead what? Compendium. 
two compendium. So, so pretty much issues forty nine through ninety six, and that's how I read the back of a book. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, what do you have? Um, I brought in um, a couple, but are both tied to the same story arc, and that's uh, Superman Earth One, um, Volume One and Two. Um, I just got Volume Two not that long ago. I got Volume One mainly because I had read reports that when they were making Man of Steel. This was the story, not, not, they weren't completely taking it. Not panel for panel. Not pound for, yeah, exactly. And, but a lot of it is similar to what they did in the movie. You know, um, he's searching for himself, uh, a lot of flashbacks to when he was a kid. Uh, an alien race does come to threaten Metropolis and Earth, similar to Zod and his army. So a lot of it is similar. Um, and I, it's a really, a really good book and a really. Any kneeling before him? Shut up. There is. Joel. There is none. There is. <laughs> there is none. But um, it's it's actually it. <laughs> it's actually a really good story and a very different take on the original mytho. And then um, volume two, I'm halfway through it. It's pretty good. They actually, it's not like Superman and Batman. You know what they're doing for the new movie, but it does um, introduce Parasite in a in a new and different way. And that's you know that's his first big or enemy post the alien invasion. Um, and it's it's pretty good. Is your uh was it autographed? Yeah, actually, at when I was at Comic Con, the uh, penciler Shane Davis, um, he drew this super cool S, and then he uh, like he like right in front of me, just did it real quick, and then signed it, and and yeah, and that was super awesome. So that's why Joe wants to borrow it. Ah, that makes sense. He yeah. just might not get it back, but he I wants know. to borrow it anyway. eBay. Never gonna see Joel again. <laughs> <laughs> so <Who>? mine actually, <laughs> since we just talked to the you know California's Great America, their Halloween haunts kicks off this Friday. Got me in the mood for my time of year, which is coming up. Nancy Hernandez and the Black Widows. This is a graphic novel done by a friend of the show's uh, Scott Marcano. You know, you all know him as Mister Diablo. Graphic novel week, pretty Yo. good. <laughs> and also, he's talked about. I think it's time. Where's producer Angels? It's time to get him back on because this is going to be a movie. Ooh. And Danny Trejo's in it, and a couple of the people that we like. Uh, Machete. Yeah, he's not going to be that here. He's actually going to play a pretty interesting role i'll put it that way in, in this movie he also has has um tony todd is going to be in that he oh. plays he goes a little out of character from what we used to seeing him as so uh nancy hernandez and the black widows just called the black widows that's what scott said the last time was on unless they change it because you know movie people always change stuff around because mm-hmm. they know what they're doing and we don't even <laughs> yeah. though we wrote the thing but <laughs> this was this is the uh, where it came from before it becomes a movie nancy hernandez and the black widows it's been out for a while you can go on his website i forget what it is but i'll put a, a link up on our guest on our book club section and so that is also the show. A lot of people today talk heroes of cosplay, talked uh, Shield, talked uh, Stan Lee's, talked uh, all kinds of stuff today. So, so much fun. We so talked too. Remember? What do we do for an encore? <laughs> I don't know. Halloween. I can tell by your. Let's ask, let's ask Pete. What yeah, it is actually well. Yeah, like it's, it's going to be October the next time. You, next <laughs> time you Christmas. all hear us. So no, that's the tame holiday. So let's <laughs> that, that I will kick off the. Uh, the scaring season, Rachel and Joel's favorite season around uh, here. Uh, don't look at Pete. That's what causes that reaction. Uh, but uh, I'll just tell you guys, <laughs> we will we will tell you guys what to, where to go if you want to be scared, scared, as we say scared. sometimes. If you want to do that, we'll tell you what to do with here in the Bay Area, the other side of the coast, the middle of the country, all over the place. Go to Hunter's Point. Or it could be just <laughs> that shadow behind you. That's your Is mom, that you? actually. No. Is there somebody... So, as we say every week, come on back next week and we will speak. Margie, bye. Henry and the gang will return next week with an all-new episode. 
The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, MightyBill.com, Ramasscreen.com, ZergNet.com, and Collider.com. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Follow them on Twitter at GeekSpeakShow1. Become a fan on Facebook and watch event coverage on YouTube slash GeekSpeak videos. See you next week. Cheerio. The GeekSpeak Show.